Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, six foot two, 288 pounds, the number one fuck boy, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur is my dog and he is not here. Also joining me in the High and Mighty studios, been a fan of his for a long time since I moved to LA, first saw him and said, what the fuck is this? I love this. He is on my podcast, hilarious stand-up comedian, got a podcast himself and a new special called For the Masses. Ladies and gentlemen, it's fucking Eddie Pepitone. Oh my God, that was the best intro I have ever saw. And I love that you have a French bulldog named Arthur. Um, I have two I have two little guys. I have uh, Charlotte and Basil. And I love Frenchies, man. Whenever I see them, you know, I go to this park to walk my dogs. Not to brag, I have that kind of lifestyle, but whenever I see a Frenchie, I'm like, oh, man, they're so cute. And I always mix them up with Boston Terriers, but don't tell Arthur. Arthur is a Boston Terrier, but I still won't tell him. Oh, you're getting He's <laughs> yeah. a Boston Terrier. So uh, you set up that you always confuse the two and then demonstrated it right there. That was perfect. That was like one by oh, one. Oh, man, yeah. But yeah, they look exactly the same. Boston's, we say, are like, yeah. they're like a little leaner. Their legs are like a little bit longer. It's like the real main. But there's something about that right. face that just makes me love dogs like oh, that. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dogs are the best, man. Where is Arthur? Uh, Arthur, my wife now, since she's working from home and he's got attachment, like he could give a fuck about oh. me once once she's around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And he, he doesn't like, he likes to be able to, if I shut the door in here because I'm screaming while my wife does like an actual yeah, job yeah, in yeah. the other room. He's like, I'm not, he's like, he has to constantly leave. So he just sits right by her and stares at her. I think she has yeah. uh, she has a little faster human food to his mouth pipeline than I do. I'm a little bit more right, right, stern. Right, right. Also, also, it's very funny that we never refer to our profession as anything serious. Like she has an actual job while I'm in here uh, jerking off on the <laughs> right, podcast, right? right? Yeah, it's, it's so been, funny. It's been instilled. I don't know why I'm like. It's, well, 
you know what? Like, yeah. Why is this? Why? Why do we think no, what we do? Because 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 fucking comedians don't get paid for ninety percent of what they do. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and even when you do, when you're like, when you have to like articulate, like, well, the podcast is good because it keeps the brand down. It keeps people. And then the second you say anything like that, you're like, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> I should be I should be fucking knocking tin and less stressed about my fucking life. Yeah, really. Really. It's so true. The working from home at the same time, like when my wife used to go to an office to work, I at least had an air of mystery as to what my days were of like <laughs> You know, like I'm like, oh, I'm running around. Oh, I had this big call. Like, like I used to be able to, I used to be able to stretch a conference call with my fucking oh, manager funny. into like we had a huge important creative meeting. Was just like, hey, they don't <laughs> like you at this show. And now she sees it. Now she sees you. For- yeah. <laughs> and you're faking calls. You're faking calls. I'm banking podcast. Like, oh no no <laughs> yeah, exactly. no no. Tell Apatow. Tell Apatow. I am absolutely in. Interested. I'm interested. It is. It is. I I am like. Oh, let me bank podcast episodes this week because I'm feeling like I don't look like I'm working. So it's like I actually have a two o'clock and a four o'clock today. So if you can, like, I like talking about what I'm. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm gonna go scream at Eddie Pepitone for an hour. Like, but that's like my job. You get that? (laughs) It's fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it is funny, you know, because comedy is so much fun Yes. Uh, that I think, I, uh, I mean, it really is, but, you know, it becomes a grind as well. I do stand-up. Do you do a lot of stand-up? Not a lot of stand-up, but I've been trying to do more. I, I, I'm not, uh, I don't have a good work right. ethic, but I enjoy <laughs> it a lot. I don't have a good, I don't have a good work ethic is going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's on that is about me on my dad's tombstone. My son John does not have a good work ethic. <laughs> oh, my father. My my father gave up on me a long time ago. He used he used to care. And now he's like, when I tell him about gigs, he goes, Did did you get paid? <laughs> my mom my mom asks, like, do they reimburse you for cabs? Like my mom is like, she's so in the nitty gritty of like what she cares. I'm like, yeah, there's, I'm going up to Portland to a comedy festival. She's like, do they pay for your food or do you have to buy your own food? And I'm like, I don't want to answer the question because the answer is like, no, I get $800 all in. <laughs> like, right, I to, yeah, right, I'm sleeping right, on a couch right. at 36. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, and yeah. What yeah, you're yeah. saying, Eddie, about comedy being fun is also the part where you feel bad, like where you're like, Mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm laughing, but it is stressful. For, it, it, it is hard for me to get there, but it also, like, you you have a, find a harder time complaining about it to people who have, like, normal jobs where you're like, oh, yeah. I get oh, it yeah. that I am just, like, we always, like, every comedian I know is like, yeah, I'm just up here slinging dick jokes and, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. And then, right. At the same time, you're like, but this, this is destroying me and I'm pretending like it's like. <laughs> This is like ruining my personality, destroying my uh, sense of self, and then, then I and then I'm going. But hey, it's goofy bullshit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're so crazy that you know we need validation so badly that we will put up with all of the the hardship in comedy, which is. You know, fucking trying. You know, making a living at it. You know. Oh yeah. It's it's difficult. And also, I, I found that I'm like, I immediately level up. Like, 
I remember if, hey, as long as I don't have to be a bartender or a temp and I'm yeah. just doing comedy, I'll be living the dream. And then when I got to that, and then it was like, as long as I don't have to be coaching uh, and teaching improv at UCB and I could just do comedy, that's great. Now I'm at the level where I'm just doing comedy and I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like, it's so, so I'm like trying. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm at, and now I'm, just- I'm so far around the other side. I'm like, I would kill for a good bartending shift once a week. <laughs> just- <laughs> Just to keep me alive, that's to keep me afloat and keep me sane. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I think about that sometimes, like, because I always based my life on not having to work hard. That's how I based my life. Same. You know, like, you know, that whole thing about work ethic, you know, for me, that was another generation. And somebody gave me the book, The Road Less Traveled. Did you ever hear that book? No, I haven't. Scott Peck. Well, the road less, it's all about, you know, responsibility, like responsibility is what makes a man, like uh, responsibility is what makes an adult and it's about work ethic and, you know, uh, you know, trying, don't go the easier route, take the hard route because that's where the real reward is. And I immediately burned that book because it didn't fit into my uh, lifestyle. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have been thinking about going, uh, you know, what it would be like to go. I'm 61, by the way. What it would be like Jesus. to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what reaction you were looking for, but that's the best I could give you. <laughs> oh, uh, that's I, the reaction I have to it. Like, yeah. no, no. Eddie, but Wait, that's what the- happened to you? <laughs> Hearing that shit makes me so happy because I, that puts you that puts you at about twenty years older than me, and that makes me yep. like I would fucking be so stoked to be at doing what you're doing, doing what I'm doing for the next twenty years, and that's success yeah. in a weird way. And well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just had this special come out, and it's getting great reviews. You know, an hour of stand up. And uh, I, it's, I don't know about you, but when you do something that gets a lot of praise, I have trouble taking it in. I have trouble thinking, oh, yeah, I'm really good. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I still uh, feel like ah, I always see the flaws in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think if you train your brain to find the bullshit in life at every yeah. level— you easily can turn that lens onto yourself too, where you're like, because you would you would immediately get the hairs on your neck would stand up if you heard someone have a special, get some good reviews, and they're like, I think I'm actually good. It's you'd be like, fuck you, pal. <laughs> and then the second you start doing it, you're like, hey, fuck you, self. And for me, for for me, it constantly requires remembering like eight years ago or some version yeah. of a yo- of a younger comic or a younger person who's like, yeah, I would love to be where you're at, like making money, doing podcasts and shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. Yeah, I am at a place. I'm at, I hit a goal that I've wanted to hit for a while. And now I'm already just right. upset that I'm not at the next thing and I'm not enjoying. I'm like, I want I want to stop living yeah. in an apartment. Yeah. I'm 40. I don't want to live in an apartment. And I'm like, well, I chose this fucking path. I know. I know. <laughs> and uh, what is it? Well, you, you ever you ever like get a job on TV and you're on the set and you think you were going to be so happy on the set. Like you, it was going to be like so great. And you're on the set and you're in your little, uh, green room that they give you. And you're still, you're like, ah, 
I don't know. I don't feel good. Like, it's like you still are, like, never fucking satisfied, you know? The analogy I use for that is, like, if you have sex, like, once a quarter, it doesn't feel (laughs) as good as, like, you don't, you're not confident in fucking that time. Like, the the once a quarter that I'm invited to a TV set to do something, I'm so out of my own element. It's like, if you let me do this once every 90 days, it's too nerve wracking. Like, I build it up too much in my head to make $800 on Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. They want me to stand over here and I'm standing at the wrong place. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. And then it's like, all all you need is like three weeks in a row of that. And by the end, you're like, I'm fucking Hollywood. You're like out of your own parking. You're like so comfortable. (laughs) But when you do it so infrequently you put too much pressure on it like sex i feel like where you're like if we're having if i'm having like when i was 17 it would be like or 19 and sex would be like once every six months when it would happen you'd yeah. be like i put too much pressure on this one event and you're like it's over and i sucked at it and everyone's upset i'm never gonna get cast in this oh, again yeah 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 i remember um i remember uh, doing a uh, guest spot on the Goldbergs. <laughs> and the call time was some ridiculous, horribly early call time. And I live in the Valley and it was in Culver City. <laughs> and I like got, you know, three hours sleep or whatever, because I'm used to going to bed at two. And I had to get up at five. And I get up at five and I drive to Culver City in brutal traffic. I'm like, I'm like driving to Culver City from the valley going, what the fuck are these people up for? Don't tell me they do this every day, you know? You know, and then I get there and I was so tired. I was so tired. And you know how you usually sit around waiting for hours before they finally film you? Well, this was unbelievable. I get there, I put on my wardrobe and they wanted me immediately. And um, I just, I kept fucking up the lines. And it was so funny because it was, it was, I was fucking up Rick Moranis's name because they were like, no, it's not, it's not Moranis. It's Moranis. What was I saying? Moranis. And you were uh, saying, and you were saying anus. <laughs> yes. And I couldn't, you know how you get it in your head, a, a certain line. And it's fucked. And you're yeah. like, I, it was fucked, and I and you know they're doing like a bunch of takes with me, and I'm like, my whole time, my head is going, you'll never be on this show again. I know, never. That's that's that imposter syndrome shit at peak, and then also, it's there's nothing in your life that prepares you for the skill. Nothing in our careers prepare you for the skill set of getting invited, like being on, I keep calling it getting invited, but like booking a role. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it feels like getting invited to a party for the first time. You're like, do not fuck this up. Do not piss on the toilet seat. Do not like eat too much of it. Like just, oh, yeah. just be. And then, it happens so infrequently and you're so unprepared for it because, like, you spend your enti- your training is, like, I stay out till 2 in the morning driving around the city screaming uh, bits into a microphone. And then now the one time I book something, it's like, be here at 5 a.m. I hope you know what you look like dressed in clothes. You're like, I, we- I wear a fucking tank top and shorts every day. Same here. They're like, yeah. you said you were a 40 waist. This doesn't fit. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I, don't <laughs> no. know. I-, I was a 40 waist a year and a half ago when I shot something. I haven't worn fucking button in my 
my pants in a decade. <laughs> like, help me out here. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, my agent, my agent has my measurements, and they're probably measurements <laughs> from like seven years ago, and I never changed them. And I always, whenever they want my measurements, I say, "Hey, uh, Spencer, can you send him my measurements?" And he does. And and I have the same thing when I get to wardrobe. They're like, "You said you were a forty waist." <laughs> yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm embarrassed about my weight as it is. I know. And it's just like <laughs> trying on clothes. I bitch about this all the time. It's the most fucking uh champagne first world problem, but I hate yeah. trying on clothes because I have body issues that I've I've had since yeah, I was too. fucking seven. Me too. And now Mm-hmm. When you have to professionally try on clothes in front of someone and they're like, and you're sweating and they're like, switch the khakis. And you're like, you know, for me, this is like a 15 minute thing. Just taking off these pants and putting on another pair. But I don't want to waste your time. So I'm like rushing and I'm out of breath. And I'm like, is is my butt sweat visible on my underwear as I change? Like All the shit that goes through your head. It's like, I don't want to. I hate trying on clothes. I find a shirt that fits and I order 12 of them in double XL. And then I'm good for a fucking year. And so when yeah. that's, when that's yeah. part of it, and then that's something guys like us aren't like, and I'm not to lump you in with me not knowing you that well, but like we're not caring. <laughs> I'm not like picking out an outfit to do anything. So like when it's you have to like they're like, right. well, which khakis right. do you want to wear? I'm like, just tell me. I don't even know what I look, which looks good on me, and I have to just trust you. And then you walk, I don't. and then you trust a professional, and then a professional hair person, and and to do your hair, and then you walk out and you go. Why did I trust these people? I look like shit right now. Why didn't I speak up and say that's not how I wear my yeah. hair because I'm afraid to be a diva or I don't actually know how to wear right. my hair because I'm fucking 40 yeah. and wear a backwards hat still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when they I love when they do my, you know, hair, makeup. I love all that like like we were talking about the pursuit of fame, right? Yeah. That's the topic and it's like it's so funny like yeah, we don't get invited on to the uh, invited is so funny, <laughs> but we don't get jobs that often because it's so crazily competitive and the directors and casting people usually have someone in mind immediately and you know my my agent is always telling me well Eddie you know TV now they're they're doing straight offers to big people you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like uh, a part that I'm going for, oh, that wound up John Lithgow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or something. Yeah, it's like and me, it's me like, and oh, Patton great. Oswald. It's like, well, yeah, I would put Patton in a show over myself. <laughs> like, yeah, I would. And, but every once in a while, you do get to be the director or the cat. Obviously, I, you're not getting like the director's not going like, I want Eddie for the lead in this Marvel movie. But our connections are on like <laughs> our connections are on a different tier kind of where it's like hey the guy who ha- yeah. the guy who's going to hand so and so a hot dog on the fucking uh superstore that could be Gabrus and it's like that I'm and I'm I'm all here for that. I love when I get I'm so mad when it's straight offer to anyone, but the rare occasion when it's like, hey, straight offer, do you oh, you want to yeah. be in the cold open of this yeah. Comedy Central show? It pays four hundred bucks. You're like, straight offer? I've made it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my agent goes to me, Hey, you don't if you don't want to audition for this thing, we'll just tell him straight offer. And I think I'm really hot shit. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, tell him straight <laughs> offer. And they're like, Great. The offer is no. And you're like, Okay, well that that yeah, plan backfired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever happened with this straight offer thing? Oh, we never. Uh, that went to uh, Clooney, George Clooney. Really? They were. It was me or Clooney? <laughs> it was just down to the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> the person. Mm. They weren't really mm. sure what the character was going to be. What they locked it in. They went with a Clooney rather than a Pepitone. Classic Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Hollywood move. Yeah. 
or, or they went in a different direction. No, Eddie, yeah, they, they went, instead of you, they went with, uh, you know, a blonde woman. <laughs> yeah, they just went, it's totally, they totally changed the part. And you're like, what the fuck? That one almost makes you feel a little better, though, when they're like, oh, they yeah, were going to go with you, but well, they went with like a, a thin uh, man, like a thin person of color. You're like, yeah, well, then that's a completely different vibe. I am not. A, but like when it's like they went with this other fat bearded guy that you think you're funnier than, but he's not. that, <laughs> And it's like oh. that's like what. It, and then that's when like I've this is the hardest part about this element of uh, the entertainment business is like my wife will always say, yeah. that guy got the job. You're so much funnier than him. And I go, I know. if only that mattered. It doesn't matter on TV. Like, it really doesn't. Right. What is it? Is it a look or is it how well you audition? I, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's a combination of both. And I feel like sometimes I have the look. I definitely am not good at auditioning. I definitely put Me I definitely put too much pressure on myself, on the situation. And I also, that's where my desire to succeed and my work ethic really hit uh, come to head because I'll be like I really want this and I'll do nothing to prepare for it I'll be like same here I'm like all I want is a fucking audition I never get auditions I'll get an audition I'll be like sick and then I won't do any prep on it and I'll be like I can't believe I same didn't get here. that and I'm like I didn't do any effort yeah yeah me and you ought to open a theater company and 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 it never it never has an opening yeah. night like we're just trying like, to figure out flyers for like uh, six months while we just run out of the grant money or whatever. <laughs> right. It just says on our marquee, coming soon, death of a salesman, but we we never get it together. <laughs> I w that would 100% be me. It's like the blank final draft document where it's like, it's time I write my movie in quarantine. It's like, well, 100 days have yeah. passed and I have an idea for a name maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was definitely going to write a couple of screenplays during quarantine. That is not happening. I said to myself, I was like, I always thought it was my lack of free time that was preventing me from getting, I'm like, I'm always hustling to go to a meeting or an audition or a show or a, a, a podcast episode, blah, blah, blah. That's why I have no time to write. Now I have nothing but free time and I'm like, okay, well, no, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> I've solved it. I'm the, yeah. Only, yeah. I'm the only variable that's blowing this thing up here. <laughs> Also, another thing I want to say about getting acting gigs, you know, television acting gigs, is I am such, it's hilarious, I am such a critic of how bad uh, TV comedies are. And then if they hire me, I'm like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I go from, oh, this show sucks, and then I go on to Goldberg's, and I can't even do Rick Moranis' line. You know what I mean? I, it's, like, hilarious that I'm so critical. I'm so critical of the shows for being, like, you know, I'm on Twitter going, these toothless fucking shows, you know. Right. And then you're like... Uh, you're like this show like this is a hundred percent exactly where I'm at. I'm like, I don't even watch these network comedies. Like, hey, would right. you like to audition for this network comedy? I'm like, Yeah, it sucks, but of course. Then I go there and they're like, yeah. that was actually pretty good. Thanks for coming in. And then you leave and you're like, Oh my god, oh my god, please, <laughs> please let me be on A to Z. Please, oh fuck, let me get and then you don't get it and you're like, I knew that show fucking and then when you do get it, you're like, Oh shit, I'll be working with this insert random sitcom actor. This could be good for me, you know, I could make connections and then you go yeah. and then you bomb it and then you're like maybe it is actually hard and it is and then like you're you just do this circle where you're constantly justifying and 
I never ever land on, well, that yeah. was your fault in any way. It's like, I'm just constantly, I'm like 11 yeah. steps where I'm like, they set me up for failure. It's like, who, who's they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had the experience, um, this was amazing. I got cast on the most mainstream sitcom, uh, Will and Grace, like <laughs> recently. I, I, I forget, I, I, I had a, I was, I, it was actually a really funny part. I played a plumber uh, who comes to her play, Deborah, is it Deborah Messing? Yeah. And first I want to say that I, I, have, I have such an attitude about these sitcoms sucking, <laughs> you know, and I get there and they're all so fucking nice to me. Eric McCormick, Sean Hayes, Deborah Messing. I was like, I felt like, oh shit, these people are so nice. What am I doing being such an asshole, you know, like saying this sitcom sucks or whatever. But this, that was really cool because James Burrow the famous director directed me on that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's like a legend in Hollywood. And he was so cool. But I was I was uptight. But he 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 just knew that that part was perfect for me. And uh he you know his his direction would be like, yeah, just uh you know, before you say uh, toilet, just lean against the wall a little. You know, like he was so cool, you know, uh, and, that's, and I loved it. An experience like that makes you leave and you go yeah. like, if I'm like, if I'm protected, if like the writer, producer or director like understands what I can do and helps me out. I can be good in this. And that's like, yes. And then you're like, yes. Then you can get bitter about not getting the chances. And you're like, and then that could easily yes. put the blame on other people. But there is that element of like every once in a while, someone's like, Gabrus, I, I, I know do your thing on this, do this thing that I know you like. And then all of a sudden you feel confident and successful in the moment. But I rarely leave mm -hmm. like a day player moment and being like, I was value. You can't help, but feel like, even though, you know, they're going to do nine takes. And then when you do it, you're like, I can't believe they made me do nine takes. I fucking must have sucked on. You know, <laughs> it's like you can't your brain just doesn't allow you to understand like this is how the system works. Like and then you're like, of course, this yeah. part's going to get edited down. This is a 21 minute episode of TV. I'm the guy who's just it's going to get. And then when it gets edited down, you're like, they edited it down because I sucked. And it's like, no, no, no. You know that TV works yeah. a certain way. And but then you get that rare occasion where you're like, oh, like I did workaholics and I happen to know the guys. And that was such an enjoyable and yeah. it was stupid and it was wild and it was like right in my right. sense of humor I got it and I felt so protected yeah. I had so much fun and I left and I'm like yeah. that's what I need and then like 18 months right. go by before you work again or whatever yeah. <laughs> <And> you're like <laughs> completely forget all that hate yourself again you've done like three cycles yeah. yeah right right and that's one of the hardest things about pursuing um, you know quote unquote fame or a career in Hollywood is that the ups and downs are super intense you know, it's like you, you get really up because, like you said, you, you know, you get a job where you get, you know, you're like acting with all these famous people and you and you and you act with Jim Burroughs and he's cool. And they tape Will and Grace before a live audience. And then that's really cool, especially for performers like who aren't yeah. like, for, like yeah. I wouldn't call myself an actor first, but I am a, like a live performer. So that energy feels real. Right. Like the re couple of times I've got to do multicam, you feel like, Oh, I'm more comfortable here. This is like coming out on stage. Like this is this, this, you get that energy feeling and that must, that, right. that must be a fucking, that's a dream. Right. And then, 
And then, like you said, you go home and you feel good for like a, a baby a day, day and a half. <laughs> 36 hours, tops. <laughs> 36 hours. And then you're like, okay, what's next? I'm hot. I'm hot. And then, you know, nothing comes in again <laughs> for a while. And you're like, God fucking damn it. If, if you, you, know, if you like, had the ability to zoom out and look at your own timeline, you would see that like, the pattern is improving constantly of like, oh, it is more frequent. Yeah. It is this, but it's hard not to, you only feel the lulls when you're in them. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you, oh, yeah. you don't remember that like, oh, like I, I, I swear to God and 2020 is obviously a very different instance, but every year, yeah. every year around like uh, August or whatever, I'm always like, damn, no phone calls, no nothing, man, I must suck. I'm, and I'm like, no, remember, this has happened every year for 10 years. That there's yes, just, there, you never remember. Yeah, and you, and you never, like, oh, this year I'm hot. I won't have a two-month lull like everyone has every year. And yes. then you have it, and you're like, oh, I'm a bummer. And then you get something, you're like, oh, right, this is every fucking year. You're, our brains are so short on positive. Yeah. My, my, my short-term memory is so awful on positive things. Ooh, and And I can remember... Uh, a time I mispronounced something in an audition from 10 years ago that I was not even considered for. And I'm still like, that is the path. That's my sliding doors where I went the wrong fucking way or whatever. <laughs> you know, what's funny. I, you know, what's funny is that my agent tells me actors who think they had a great audition, usually never get the job. And actors who think they've had terrible auditions get the jobs more. And I don't know what the hell that's about. You know? Yeah. I, I never feel comfortable in audition. Like the ones that have gone, Man, I mean, the ones that have gone best for me have been some kind Confluence of me not caring yet me f feeling comfortable, like which is like, oh, I don't know if I want this, right. but at least it's a blue collar guy or a New York accent or something. I feel, or they're like just riff, you know, like anything that I think I'm okay, I'm good at. Like I need so I need it to be so set up for success. I'm like a special case child. It's like no, he needs like a special little yeah. carrots next to him. Open up his little apple juice for him. Like I need like <laughs> a full setup for me to feel at all like I have a chance in this. For over 80 years, Fram has been a leader in automated filtration because that's the only thing they do. Filters. Do you want to protect your well-oiled machine? We're talking about a car. Or breathe easier when driving? Obviously, car. Fram has the right filter for every kind of driver. Fram oil filters are American-made, tough, and feature sure-grip technology. No slip grip for easy install and remove, even with an oily hand or glove. Fram cabin air filters filter out contaminants like exhaust fumes, allergens, and pollution. And with the power of Arm & Hammer baking soda, you could breathe easy with an odorless interior. No matter how you drive, Fram has the right filter for you. Head over to Fram.com. That's F-R-A-M.com. That's Fram.com. F-R-A-M.com. And find your perfect filter today. Eddie, real quick, we're talking about yeah. the pursuit. Yeah. We're talking about the pursuit of fame, but you can't. We can get right. Fame is not what I'm after, and not what you're after. I'm assuming, but there is an element where fame will. Fame itself is not what we're after, and money itself is not what we're after. It, I I feel like what we're after, like what everyone in this business is after, is like respect, like 
uh, like a and, yeah. and a level of respect that you just get to keep amongst you know what I, it fe- right there feels to be something in comedy and in Hollywood in general where there's some imaginary hump that once you're o- and we've seen it with all our peers there's some imaginary hump that once you're over it you're like oh that guy Brett Gelman is in he's in everything now he's great he's the, oh you're oh he's a dramatic actor a serious a comedy he's in all this shit oh he's in Fleabag and Stranger Things Jesus Christ like there Brett Gelman's a special case interesting guy but like. All those other, yeah. all those other, like you see those, con- and so you keep thinking that's going to happen for me. So any buildup of, yes. but I don't, I, I money I like because then I don't, I, I feel less stressed and I can feel like I can go longer without having to take some bullshit or go back to some job. But fame, you're like, who cares about fame? But so many people do, especially in like, and. And not even L.A. I'm yeah. so, like now we just now we can just get into being old <laughs> men for a second. But with social media and shit, <laughs> it, it feels like everybody's chasing fame. And then we're absolutely we are moving to Hollywood to become actors, comics, writers, whatever. And I don't want to I don't care about the fame part. But if the fame part helps me get more roles and get me more money, then I want the fame. Yeah. part. Like I don't understand. Like it's a complicated yeah. kind of relationship you have with like these because fame. Yeah. You don't want to be like. I got to like rush from target to my car. Cause people are taking photos. I mean, like, but I do want right. what else comes with that, where you get asked to be in every, like, you know, where you're getting tons of offer only emails. Like that's what we all want is like the, yes. <laughs> the path of least resistance yes. towards uh, good money, TV money, residuals touring. And, and for touring comics, like you get a few TV credits yeah. that could up your uh, ticket sales and shit right. like that. So there's a, Oh, big time. So that's like the only yeah. the fame part comes into play is where you're like I really just want to make more like I the way I always articulate it is like I just want to make people laugh the ideally the more people I'm making laugh the better because it feels like that's my path to more success and getting more people to think I'm funny and it's all ego and that shit like I'm not like yeah. I just want to change the world one smile at a time I just want a shit ton of people to say this dude's pretty fucking funny like right and if it has to be right. like right. if I have to fight tooth and nail to play a fireman on Brooklyn Nine Nine and have one line in a fucking movie I'll do whatever it takes if it as long as people go oh that guy yeah he's pretty funny like that's all I really want in the end specifically yeah and but like what? Because I don't. We don't want fame. You're like fame is not like the end all, be all. But there, that is for a lot of people. So I, that's well, we want the trappings, I guess. Yes, right. Yeah. You want like the money and the lifestyle that come, like getting invited to the things, getting the meetings, getting to sit with Apatow and be like, I'm from Long Island. I could be the king of that island if you want. <laughs> my dad, my dad is dead. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, I know, I know, Judd, uh, because Judd. Uh, I work out of the comedy store uh, and Judd does stand up there, you know, and, uh, you know, this I'm from Staten Island. OK, now, you know, the movie that just came. Yes. Out. <laughs> I, I was not in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 might come up at the next uh, uh, whenever the store is open again, that might have to come up for Judd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like 2023 at the rate we're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah by twenty by 2023, uh, the comics will be uh, comic comedy clubs will be back open, and I think there'll be maybe some less headliners due to legal ramifications. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There might be some yes. spots open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, it's wild. So I think it is like it's so easy in this business to feel 
fucking invisible, yes, right? Yes. And you feel invisible, but you have to have a big ego to get into this business, I think, with the possible exception of writers who seem to be more, I don't know, they don't, they don't crave the spotlight, you know? Yeah. Uh, but actors, comedians, especially, are neurotic messes and yeah. they, need, they need validation. But it's so, like, this business is brutal. <laughs> it really is brutal. Well, there, there's like an element of like, even if it's not a big ego, you need a sort of indestructible ego. You need to be able to handle rejection, yeah. even if you are, no matter, I guess, no matter what position you choose in this in this uh, uh, environment yeah. in, in, in entertainment. It's like, writer, you need to be able to handle no, and that's hard for a lot of people. And it's hard for a lot of people, and we still do it. And it's too hard for some people that that's, like my wife will straight up say like, I can't even imagine waiting to hear back about something that's big. Like she can't do it. Like, yeah, she, you know, she has a regular, she has a normal like career in marketing. So she's like maybe every three to five years has a job interview. And she's like, it's been a week. I haven't heard back. I'm like, babe, this is six times a week. This happens to me where I'm like, maybe you have a new job. Maybe you don't. I'm like, yeah, she's like, I don't know how you do it. I can't imagine. And then you realize it's like, oh, that, is probably emotionally taxing to be constantly wondering, A, not even what your next day looks like, but B, like, what your next fucking rent nut looks like or whatever. You're like, oh, oh God, yeah. let me just hit two things in the fall, and then I can maybe, I'll make it to the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so. <laughs> I know. It is amazing. It is amazing uh, how how different times I've gotten decent acting gigs on network shows when I really needed it. You know, like that is amazing. I'm like, Oh shit. You know, and they're paying five grand for the week. Yes. Yes. You know, like they hire me for the week instead of just the day. Oh or yeah. Whatever. As, as someone who's so used to just the rare occasion that I do get to do, it's a huge success to get that, that sag day rate to go like ha- oh, hand yeah. a videotape back to somebody in a flashback or some shit. But like the once or twice that I've gotten like a multi-day, like nothing makes you, you could eat, like if you work two days on a network sitcom, like I did three days on Brooklyn Nine-Nine last season. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, I could see myself becoming a full-time, like you, un, you can adapt to that sitcom star life so quick where you're like, Hey, are oh. they out of espresso? Like you're on day two. You're like, hey, can yeah, we get yeah. like, like you're already like you were like, I'm dying to be there. I'll kill, I'll do anything. Then you get there and you're like, hey, the air conditioning in my trailer is fucked up. I want it free. Like, you know, you're instantly like uh, caught up in it. I'm like, oh, I could and all I think about when I do yeah. a day or three days on these are like, imagine just getting to do 20 weeks of this not just the pay but 20 weeks of free food 20 weeks of hanging with some of the other funny people and uh interesting people that you don't get to see a lot in life you know you're like oh shit this this is the dream come true and then your gig is up and you're like right well i got a taste and who knows when i'm going back (laughs) well I think I think that's what makes it really difficult, actually, when you get a taste of how great it is. Like just walking onto a studio lot is amazing. You're like, oh wow! It's almost like a college campus, a studio lot. It's yes. the, you know how college campuses, how college campuses, well, before mass shootings, <laughs> how they use, how they feel very safe. Like they feel safe. They feel like, oh, this is where I belong. You know, it's very civilized. A, it's very. Civil- 
light lies. layer of artificiality, but that lends it to make it feel more comfortable. Where it's like, like that, like a golf course feeling, where you're like, this seems fake, but I feel at home. Like, so get get yeah. in the studio, and then like wa- walking past like uh like a random production office, and it says like you know outside it says like a dot Samberg or like you know like, and you're like, oh shit, that's Andy Samberg's car. Like, there's like that weird level of thing. Right. Like NCIS, they shoot here. <laughs> it's like M yeah. M dot Harmon, yeah. and you're like, Mark Harmon keeps his car here. Like, it's like these weird fucking, and you're like, my car is in this parking lot now. My Volkswagen right. station right. wagon is here <laughs> next to three yeah. Teslas. Yeah, yeah, I have a spot. <laughs> I have a spot the whole week. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you start getting an attitude like if. If like someone comes up to you and they say, are, are you an extra on this? And you're just like, you just shake your head. Like, <laughs> Come on. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. No, I'm not an extra on this. Okay. I'm making five grand for this week. That's my trailer over there. And it's a full size. one. Yeah. You understand? That's me. I'm janitor. (laughs) 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 Like, that's my trailer over there. Just a piece of blue tape that says janitor. And you're like, damn right, brother. (laughs) And what's amazing is how hard it is to get the janitor role. No shit. The amount of talent, like... To book the one one day janitor role on Modern Family, if you if you and I, uh, I could never get on Modern same. Family. Same, and uh, and those shows are the ones that drive me crazy. The ones that I've had uh, two hundred and twenty episodes. Yeah, and if you're like, it's actually a good show, <laughs> and that's when you really feel like shit because I think it ran ten years, and it was actually one of the very few shows that I actually watched and really liked. And our buddies are on it: Andy <laughs> Daly, Rob Riggle. <laughs> You was on it. Like every, almost everybody I know. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Okay. I just want to say this about, you know, having to wait around. I, I auditioned for Modern Family and, uh, oh, they have, it's, it, they have a pin in you. Eddie. Oh. You ever get told that? Like it's between you and, uh, it looks like two other guys. Yeah. And you have uh, a pin that, meaning then I'm like, okay, okay. They're telling you cancel your plans. There's a pin in you. But we don't give a fuck what you do. Like, you're like, well, I'm supposed to fly home to visit my ailing aunt. It's like, cancel it. This is modern family. And then it's like, and you don't get it, bud. You're like, oh, come on. (laughs) Wait, just to jump back to that janitor thing. Say, uh, for the listeners to understand this, a modern family is booking a janitor for one scene. They have like one punchline. In the room to go to audition for it is, say, like, you you go to audition for it. I'm like, I got a janitor type. Eddie's a janitor type. Eddie and I show up. There are forty people there that ha- between amongst those forty have hundreds of years of uh, of comedy experience. Like some of the funniest standups, funny like funny ass actors, funny ass improvisers. It's like all your favorite podcasters. We're all in the same room, and it's like, is this going to Gemberling, Steve Ag, Pepitone, Gabriel? It's like there's just and it's like. All this for one yeah. little fucking segment. The amount of juice and energy that goes into, the, you know, in the room is fucking Danny Zucker and the director of that episode and, like, the casting director yes. and the writer and the producer. And it's like, there, there is so much money and all this shit surrounding, like, to pick which one of us gets $700 to say, hey, you dropped your mop, Phil, or whatever, you know? like, And the amount of energy yeah. and, and yeah. the amount of weight we all put on that and that it, it and they just go, like, 
I don't know. Gabrus is too tall. Like we need someone a little shorter. It's like I was thinking that they would uh, be have gray hair. Great, and then it's just like cut, put an X through forty yeah. faces, and you're like, that's the business. And yeah. we chose to, we choose to be part of it, so we kind of have to. Yeah. And when I arrive, I'm always like, I'll read a script and I'll go, oh my God, this is totally mine. This is totally my role. There's no way I don't get this. And then I get there and like you said, you go into a room and there's 40 meets. <laughs> there's 40 guys who look like me. And I'm like, motherfucker, why did I think, why did I again do that thing where I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm not going to get this, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm always like, oh, this lines up perfectly. They kind of want like a sloppy looking guy. <laughs> he, he should have a New York accent. I'm like, yes, check, check, check. I show up and it's just like 20 and 19 of them are handsomer than me. Like, and I'm like, oh, well, fuck. Like, <laughs> well, fuck you. Oh, now, now there's a 28 year old version of myself out here auditioning. Why would you pick me? God right, damn it. Right. Yeah. Well, at, at my age, I walk into rooms, right? At my age, I walk into rooms now and the people that I'm up against, I look at them and I go, am I that fucking ugly? Am I that old? Like, I, I just, I always am like, no. I am grouped in with these losers. <laughs> I have the same thing about like whenever the audition is for like a heavy set or overweight guy, which I am yeah. medically overweight. I hate but that. Hollywood, like, I'm not like punchline overweight. I'm not like walk into the scene and you're like, oh, the boat's gonna flip. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like so like you get invited to these auditions where for the sake of the scene, the guy needs to be overweight and you roll right. up and you're right. like Oh, I hate myself for being fat, and I'm not fat enough to book this role. <laughs> I'm giving myself relentless shit about being overweight. I show up here to audition for an overweight thing, and I'm like, I'm in better shape than everyone. I'm not going to get it because I'm not fat enough. Something I've been whip whipping yes. myself on the back for for like 25 years, and I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it really is a business uh, like you were talking about before, where you have to have like really, really thick skin and like eventually you just get over. Well, not you don't get over it, but it's like, OK, I didn't get that one. Like you you get this kind of like, you know, uh, attitude that, OK, well, you know, I'm not going to kill myself. Whereas when I was younger, I'd be so disappointed, like I'd be so destroyed if oh. I if they told me you know, we have a pin in you, you know, it's between you and this. And if I didn't get it, I'd be like, you know, and then I would get really pissed too. I get so pissed. <laughs> yeah, and I, like I fucking that. haven't watched movies or TV shows that people think are good because I had like just lost out on a small part. On like, you know, I'm like, oh, cool. I can't watch Shrill now. Like, I want to watch Shrill, but I'm like, I hate <laughs> the fact that I didn't book it. And I'm like, why does that bother me? Uh, Eddie, you, yeah. you, you just reminded me of something like, the energy you have when you're young about this, where you're like, this is the end of the world. The, the redeeming, the redeeming thing I think is to know that when you don't get something now, once you've been around for 10 years, 20 years, getting, getting yeah. those, your brain starts to go just cause they said no right now. 
because your fear as a comic, as someone who's like puts their ego out on display, is that you leave the room and everyone goes, I can't believe this guy's still fucking coming in for these things. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> his agent, like we we owe him a favor, the agent a favor, like, you know, whatever. And you're like, all right, yeah, just yeah, let yeah. him. Hi, yes. Mm -hmm, okay, thank you. UTA, right? Cool. Bye. And you're like, they hate. Right. Once you get over the fact that you realize that. 90% is no's. 95% of a successful uh, of a successful actor's life is no. And you, you only need 5% yeah. to feel successful. That I had that's what I had to yeah. get at is get over the and be, and it is part of the ego. You have to have the ego that believes you're powerful enough to be in these shows, but then that ego also believes that when you leave everyone talks about you. <laughs> it's like but meanwhile they're just like next, they don't give a fuck. Eddie, Gabriel, yeah. whatever next, camera run through. But in your head you're like they didn't pick me. I must have been cuz I did this or no, they still hate me from the last audition. And you're like they don't. They don't even remember me and I'm all <laughs> up in my head about why like why there's this conspiracy behind the scenes where they're like, oh, well, we dropped the ball casting him on this. We'll never let him come back here. And that's never the um, almost never the case. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But you I can know. easily spiral. To, you can easily spiral to that shit when you just get one no and you're like, you know, this is the same woman that said no yeah. to me previously. I think it's because and then, next thing you know, you've built this whole backstory as to why a stranger hates you. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Before we before we get out of here, Eddie, I just want to talk to you about something that I this pursuit of fame. Someone said to me the other day, if not too long, like this actually conversation comes up a lot. Like if a genie appeared in front of me right now and said, hey, Gabrus, tell me what you want in Hollywood. And I got you. I don't even know what the answer to that question is. I don't know. I you know, I hate those Sit. answers. You know, I hate those questions. I mean, uh, because uh, I don't know. Uh, either, but I think for me it would be something like, you know, I would want to be on like an HBO show where I'm the center, like I'm the main guy on a on a you cable. know on a cool yeah, cable. Yeah. That I that totally makes sense, and that is like, and then that's what someone would who is your career coach would be like. Cool. Have you written yourself a cool HBO show? You'd be like, nope, not yet. But it is what I'd want. Ideally, I want someone who's blessed by HBO already to come to me and go, I want to write a show. Hey, it's me, David Simon. I got a green light at fucking HBO. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done that thing, too, where I go around uh, pitching shows. Have uh, you done that, like, in big yeah, studios? That's very nerve-wracking. You want to talk about, like... Yeah, it uh, almost makes auditioning you know, sound better. Auditions. Yeah, like, it makes auditioning feel better than having to go and, and this is my idea this is what i believe this is my personal story and they're just like no <laughs> like, oh, wow that's my life i was explaining to you right right <laughs> right it, it, yeah 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 it's it's like and that's where my work ethic that's where my work ethic comes back to bite me because you should really be prepared when you go into these Studios, but I'm like I'm an impro. You know, my thing is improvise. You know, I'm very good in the moment, Same. and you you know the improvise yeah. is curse. Right. Well, it kinda. is it is our curse because then you're like I'll just I'll bang it out. It'll work. It works on stage. It'll work, and it's like these people are thinking about making like a $200 million bet on you. And you're like, I'm sort of like off the cuff and shit. And they're like, well, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uphill. It's an yeah. Cause if battle. I'm like, someone's like, you can have what you can do whatever you want. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I guess I'd like to be in 
fun, funny movies that my friends are in and like a part, but like that's, I can aim higher than that. And like, I like, I guess I would like, and then you're like, whose career do I want? I'm like, Oh, Seth Rogen seems like peak amazing. And you're like, but Seth Rogen is like an absolute hustler. I don't have that skill set. I just have a beard and smoke weed. Uh, I'm not like a writer direct, or maybe I will be eventually. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the successful, this, the really successful people I know, are so fucking laser focused. Like they're ridiculously laser focused that I almost don't like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like well, because they 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 do what we can't. And that's like have you ever right. met someone that like works really hard on their podcast and like promoting it and getting guests and shit? And you're yes. like, that's such a fucking waste of time. And then like seven months later, they're like, yeah, I'm making like 250 grand a year of my podcast. I like, know. Okay, I can't believe I was mocking you. I'm so dumb. Oh. Just shooting myself in the feet oh. over and over and over again. Totally. And totally. it's just funny. Like, Eddie, talking to you and uh, uh, he, like, I just see myself in 20 years guesting on a podcast going, yeah, it's still in the game. <laughs> like, I just, like, and it makes me weirdly that this is reassuring because you have a fucking you're 61 years old. You just dropped a fucking awesome special on Amazon Prime. I only happened to watch the first 20 minutes, full disclosure, but I was laughing my fucking ass off. I hate to quote yeah. someone's bit out of context especially when i'm trying to sell the listeners on uh renting it but your joke of like this is the truth there'll be no dating material this is raw this is right. real and then you just go but dating is hard <laughs> it was just like <laughs> <laughs> that your tone shift there fucking i had like t- i was welling i was laughing so fucking hard you're like but dating is oh, hard thank you so tell people a little bit about for the masses thank where you. they can get it and all that shit yeah, uh, it's available on a bunch of platforms, uh, Amazon Prime, it's available on iTunes, yesterday I saw it on uh, YouTube, Rentals, Google Play, you know, a, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, platforms, but I guess Amazon Prime, iTunes are the, the yeah. big ones. Uh, yeah, and I'm really proud of it, it's gotten really good reviews. And uh, I did, you know, it's funny, we're talking about not working hard, but the one thing that I do, and it keeps me sane as well, is that I perform, you know, before COVID, of course, I perform so much. Like, I go out and do stand-up, I go out and I go out and I do it and I do it, and it did pay off, you know? It paid off because, you know, all, you know, that's what, that's getting the chops, you know, well, and, real uh, quick, th- we're talking about work ethic, mm-hmm. but there, we don't believe that we're hard workers. You don't be- like we're talking, but if you're right. going out and doing stand up every night for a decade, that's fucking working hard, well, right? Like yeah. that. Like, like, but we can't. We don't see it as that because we kind of enjoy it and we see friends and we don't we make that much it. money yeah. doing it. So you're like, it doesn't feel that's, like a job. Yes. Like, but there is. You're working fucking hard. You worked on, and that's the thing. I have 250 episodes of this podcast. True. Arguably, I'm working on I know, right? making this. Right? Con- I, 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 I yeah. got my 10,000 yeah. hours on this. Maybe I am working hard. Yeah, and I know. It shows. It shows whatever your work ethic might be. But you right. write material. You perform material. You hone material. You're a fucking. You're you've right. built a persona and energy that comes out on stage. That's fucking. Yes. Ho- yeah. So we're talking about being lazy, but I fucking also- for the masses is a product yeah. of your hard work. Arguably of. A number of years yeah. of hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. Well, I said to myself when I got into this business, I said to myself, "I'm going to give myself till eighty to make it. Then I'll teach." 
I look I look forward to your 79th birthday when you're just justifying how you've made it. Can you you're imagine? Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I know. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty. This is so fun, yeah. man. I appreciate it. Uh, what's your social media for people? I'll, I'll tag you and everything, but for listeners, if they want to look uh, you up. Yeah. Well, for they, you know, if they go to EddiePepitone.com, that's the mothership that has all the links to my Facebook, Facebook fan page, Instagram. Instagram, I'm at Eddie Pep. On Twitter, I'm at Eddie Pepitone. Um, Facebook fan page cool. the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so listen, uh, shitheads, yeah. check that stuff out. Get on Eddie's stuff and and rent <laughs> uh, rent Eddie's special. It's funny as hell. I'm looking forward to. Yes. Uh, I, I think I have another podcast at four, but after that, I'm going to be smoking weed and watching the remaining forty minutes, and I'm looking forward yeah, to oh, it. Yeah, cool, cool. I have another one at four too. <laughs> All right, John. Hey, thank you. We so work much, hard, man. Eddie. We're doing back to back podcasts. That's <laughs> hard fucking work. <laughs> Just don't tell my dad a 50-year union worker. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, bud. <laughs> yeah. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>